Welcome to Roadblock, or heart-to-heart conversations with yours truly, Nicolette Swaby, also known as Jay Roots. I look forward to our time together as we face our story in the glory. I was in a church session that talked about overcoming fear, and the speaker tried to show practical ways in which, as children of God, we should walk out our God-designed destiny without fear but having confidence in God, the one who supplies us with our varying gifts and abilities. I'm reminded of one of the disciples who was sore afraid as he stepped out on water to meet Jesus. Recorded in Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33, the disciples went ahead of Jesus while he dismissed the crowd. So here we have these disciples in the boat on their journey in the midst of the sea, very windy conditions, being tossed by the waves. Suddenly, they see an image which they thought reflected that of a ghost, So they cried out in fear. Wow! Can you imagine boat ride at sea only to look up and there's a ghost walking on the water? How astonished they were. Nowhere to run. They were probably hanging on to each other, twisting and turning, saying their last prayers. Because without a shadow of a doubt, they knew this ghost would come get them now. Man down, man down, lost at sea. Oh, the terror. Now, I don't know why Jesus made this kind of grand entrance. Didn't he know that this sort of thing would scare these men? These men were seriously traumatized. So Jesus said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Can you just imagine? Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. I wonder how he really said it. Did he gently say, Take courage, it is I. Be of good cheer. Hmm. So Jesus, in his own style, lets them know that they don't have to be afraid, but they can calm down. Be of good cheer, for it is only I standing on the water, man. Sure. Come on, man. I can guess that they were probably still somewhat afraid because they hadn't seen any element of humanity standing on water like that before. Then the audacity to tell us, be of good cheer. So just imagine them still clinging to each other. But then, here comes Peter, the chief, the bold one. In Jamaica, we would say, show off, nuff, exop meaning inquisitive, curious, always in everything. Peter was the fighter, the one who is not afraid of a challenge. He steps up and says, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. What was Peter really saying? Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Peter was probably reasoning in his own mind and saying, I am not about to step in this water. I will not be silly. However, if I do go in the water, it will have to be because you called me. I will move only according to your word. If you say the word, I know I can do it. But all I need you to do is tell me to come on the water. All I need you to do, Lord, is speak. Call me. Speak the word. If you speak, 
I will know your voice. I will know it is really you or something else standing on this water. Give a commandment. Bid me to come. Because when you speak, there is authority in your voice. There is a difference in the sound that you release. I remember the day when you called me and you told me to follow you. And immediately I came running after you and I have been running with you ever since. I know your voice. So if you tell me to come, I can tell if it's really you. Your voice will compel me to action. It provokes something in me every time. And I know that I can do it at your word. So tell me to come. I can just imagine Peter reasoning within himself. And Jesus said, come. Do you remember the day when Jesus called you and he told you to come and follow him? And you believed in him so much that you said, yes, Lord. Winds were blowing all around you, chaos in the family, but you felt the Lord drawing you, lost at sea, but you heard him say, come. At Jesus' word, the Bible says that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. What? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Not only did Jesus walk on water, but Peter walked on water. Oh, yes, he did. He moved at the sound of the Lord's voice, and he was able to do the unthinkable, the impossible. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in some situations where a task might not have seemed humanly possible? Like, rejoice in the midst of trouble. Love your enemies. Do good to those who use and abuse you. Love them. You may wonder, how is that possible? You might have lacked the physical strength. You might have thought your intellect or any other human ability will not satisfy the need to accomplish some task or vision. But then, in the midst of you thinking the task is impossible, God speaks to you and he says, Remember who is living in you. Remember, I am living in you and I can do all things. So trust me and do it. He assures you that he is the one in you leading you and he will empower you to finish. As a matter of fact, he has already empowered you and given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Sometimes all you need is clarity. You just want to be certain that God is the one leading you and once you are his sheep, guess what? You will know. He will grant you that clarity by his spirit that causes you to know his voice. And once you know that you are not walking according to your vision, but according to the spirit of the Lord that has bid you to come, then you know that you will go all the way and finish well in Christ. Some of us may not have had the resources, money, or the people power to get some things done, but all we had was a word from God of what we were to do in the vineyard. God might have said to you, focus your energy on this area. And everybody else may be saying, well, I don't know about that. That will not be prosperous. But you know what God said to you. And despite the trouble around you, you have to be willing to obey God. Your desire to please God must outweigh a desire to please people. 
let go of the fear and step into the water. It could be a fear of disappointing people, fear of failure. What if it doesn't work out? Did God really call me? So here is Peter, who at the sound of his master's voice, steps out and begins to walk on water. But then something happened. The scripture says, When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. He saw the wind. He became afraid. He began to sink. He was about to drown. Peter, why are you drowning when the Lord is right there with you? I mean, Jesus is standing right there though. Why are you drowning? Why are you sinking, Peter? He saw the wind. He became afraid. He began to sink. Why am I drowning? The answer I have allowed my eyes to become consumed with the wind. You see, winds will blow. That's what they do. It's natural for it to blow. But the natural occurrences became a distraction for Peter. He was doing well. He obeyed the word of Jesus. He was walking on water. He came towards his Savior. But then all of a sudden, he started to look on the wind. He got distracted by the wind. Now the winds were blowing all along. The boat was at sea, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. So the windy condition was not strange. But the wind became a major distraction when he decided to walk towards God. You may be saying, I know this too well. Before I became a Christian, I was not faced with these situations. Yes, there were challenges, but they seem to be more visible now. I had the friends and family on my side, but as soon as I decided to follow Jesus, everything starts coming against me. The wind seems to be blowing a lot harder. But guess what? You're walking on water though. You may be the first one or the only one in your family walking with Jesus. You gave up the career and left this world with its pleasures behind to follow Jesus. You are doing what others thought you couldn't. Things that seem unusual and unpopular. But look at you walking on water. Have you seen God in you taking on the challenges? The winds are blowing. People start talking about you. The health report is not favorable. The mortgage is due. Tuition fees unpaid. The spouse walked out. Children in rebellion. Promotion denied. Economic instability. The church is in a bad spot. Community hostile. So much. The wind. The wind. But you're walking on water. The wind. No, Nicolette. The wind. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm -mm. The wind, the wind. The other disciples are watching you. They are blessed to see you walking on water. You are their example. No, the wind. Look to Jesus. No, the wind. Your vision gets cloudy and you can no longer see Jesus. Why am I drowning? The natural occurrences in life have made you afraid. You allowed those things to intimidate you. They have consumed you. You have given your attention to them so much to the point that they seem to be bigger than Jesus. You can't see Jesus anymore. And so you are sinking. You heard what Jesus said. You even saw the manifestation of his word. But you choose to look 
at the wind. What are the things in your life today that have taken your attention? What is it that you think about the most? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of losing that spouse, that job, the money, the scholarship, the car, the position? What do you give the time of the day? Do these people or things have your energy, time, and effort more than God? Do they have your confidence? Anything that you give all your time and focus has become your God. And when you are lost at sea, they will not save you. When you submerge your soul into those things, unfortunately, they will drown you. Peter was doing fine until he became afraid of the wind. He was focused on the wind. Consider that some of the situations you are faced with today is not a result of the absence of God. He is right there, but you just haven't seen him. Not only have you not seen him, but you fail to cry out for help. Peter cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Sometimes all we need is a good cry, a cry for help, a cry for salvation, not a cry of depression and despair, but a cry that believes that Jesus will save. But listen to what Jesus said to Peter. You of little faith, why did you doubt? This is a teachable moment for Peter and all of us. Jesus did not ignore his disposition. Yes, he saved him, but he corrected him on top of that water. Discipleship time at sea. Why did you doubt? You were doing so well. Why did you doubt? You were walking on water. You were doing what seemed impossible. You obeyed my word. You came when I called you, and you experienced the power in obedience to the call. Why did you start looking at the wind? Why did you allow these negative situations to distract you? You came to a point and all of a sudden you forget that I called you? If I sustained you thus far, I am able to keep you to the end of time. You survived the first step and the second step. What stopped you from walking? What hinders you from going all the way? Why did you doubt? We may believe God until it is not convenient to believe him anymore. There is that point where we are so excited about what God has said, but then the cares of life eat up that word. God may say rejoice when men use and abuse you. Love even when all odds are working against that love. And so we get fired up and excited, but then when we face the circumstances, we get swallowed up with fear and we doubt what God has said. Is this possible? Did Jesus really call me? Is the wind supposed to be blowing so fiercely? We drown when we doubt God. The drowning is not the fact that we are faced with negative situations and adverse relationships. The drowning comes when we allow them to define and consume us. So you may think you will have no peace, no joy unless the situation is fixed. But what if it never changes? What if it is never fixed? Will you go down broken and bewildered? God saw the wind long before he called you. He is not surprised. He is the creator of all natural elements and he has power over all things. And if he is in us, we have his emotions, his feelings. We feel how God feels. He is not thrown overboard. 
If you have his spirit, then you would have had experiences where you felt God's emotions in a particular situation. Unless we don't want his emotions. We want to hold on to our uniqueness, our unique emotions and individuality. This is how I feel and I have a right to feel this way. But Jesus said, if you are going to follow me, you must deny self. Self consists of our ways, emotions, feelings, what we want, everything that defines us. Forget about you and I, our dreams, feelings, and desires, and what we want. This sounds like a hard truth, but it's the truth. This walk is really not about us. This walk is about glorifying God. It is about the life of Christ and his purpose. And anyone who partners with him in this world has to be baptized into his vision, not selfish dreams. In our churches these days, everything is about motivational speaking and us living our best lives and living the big life and getting getting this and working to get this. But God says your purpose for being here is not so that you can be glorified. It's so that I can be glorified. And if we truly love God, we will see that his commandments are not grievous. It really is not about us. He tells us to delight in his laws, not in our emotions, but in his laws. So if you are in a negative situation, consider how am I going to glorify my God in this? Our delight is not in the situation being favorable, but our delight is in his word. If our delight is in the natural things, then we will be tossed to the ground when those things fall. But God never fails. When we delight in his law, then his law will become the desire of our hearts and we will want to see his will done in the earth. We are pilgrims passing through. We have to get to a place where we ask ourselves, why does everything have to come back to me? What about me? What about my feelings? Don't I have a right? Why is this happening to me? If we find that our reasoning takes us to self, that is a marker that shows us we have missed the whole point. Okay, so the wind is blowing. It has been blowing for a long time. But now that I start walking on the water, the wind needs to stop blowing in respect of me? No, the wind will not stop blowing. It may even blow a little harder. But when we acknowledge the power of the God who is at work, then the wind will seem small. What is that thing that you have said nobody can do? When you give over to the Almighty God in you, then you will be able to manifest his life and his power and the impossible becomes possible. God wants us to believe every word he has said, even when the distractions come to challenge that word. It is amen, so let it be. We have seen what God is able to do and we can trust him all the way. So take your eyes off the winds and look to your big God. Some of the teachings we have held on to for years are the root of our unbelief. We sing songs that say, I will not suffer. Hmm. Now that is not true for the church of the living God. 
This gospel, this church was birthed in blood and we will suffer. The Bible says if we don't suffer with Christ, we will not reign with him. So how can I sing that song in good conscience, knowing what the word says? Jesus said, we will have trouble. Persecutions will come. So I cannot now say, will not, when God said, will. We will suffer. But there is this doctrine that says, oh no, blessing, blessing, blessing. No suffering, just blessing. And so when the people find themselves in suffering situations, they start to sink because they thought this walk was just a walk where they could pull their money and blessing from the sky, good health and success. No rebuke, no confrontation, no correction. These are the things that cause us to sink. If you find yourself sinking, ask yourself, do I doubt God in any way? Is there something I just don't believe? Is there something I am misunderstanding? God is faithful to reveal to us if we operate in any mind other than the mind of Christ. We have to hold fast to every word that Jesus has taught us. Deny self, submit to God, and let him do the work. Do not doubt and do not be afraid. The enemy will try to intimidate, but you have a power in you that cannot be overtaken. So I encourage you, do not be frightened by the darts of the enemy. You are an overcomer already through Christ Jesus. Stay true to the truth. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 91 verse 1 to 5 tells us, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. We will not be afraid, because we have his truth. His truth is our shield and our buckler. His word is our sword. His word is our peace. We choose to look to Jesus. We know in whom our confidence and our trust lies. My hope is in Jesus. Take your eyes off the distractions and look to Jesus, the one who is able to keep you from being overwhelmed, the one in whom you have perfect peace, the one who is able to keep you from falling. As we submit to God, we will experience the power of oneness and see that indeed as he is, so are we. Because we have received his life, we can walk on water and we will finish well. We will not drown. Today, if you have allowed yourself to become consumed with the challenges in this life like Peter, 
If you cry out to the Lord, he will lift you up. You may feel like you are drowning, you are sinking, but God is able and willing to lift you with his mighty hand. I implore you to cry out to the Lord. Lord, save me. Father, I choose to look to you. Lord, we thank you today that you are more than able to save, for this is the reason that you came, to set the captives free. We don't have to die in our sins, Lord. We don't have to be devastated. We don't have to drown. We don't have to be consumed with the challenges of this life. But Father, you have come to deliver, to heal, and to set free, and to cause us to see you in the midst of every situation. We thank you, O Holy Father, that your word is truth and your word is our shield and our buckler. So we don't have to be afraid. Remember that one today who is doubting you. Father, bring clarity, bring understanding. And we trust that you are able to heal and deliver and to cause your people to see you high and lifted up. For when we see you, God, when we truly understand what you have said, then can we truly rejoice in suffering. Then can we truly praise you, Lord, when the understanding comes. So, Father, continue, Lord, to speak to us. Continue, O Holy God, to lift us up. If we are of any other mind, continue to reveal, O Holy God, so that we will be a people prepared to see you in peace. Have your way in the life of somebody who needs your Holy Ghost today, somebody who needs the faith of Jesus Christ. Save that one, and we trust you to do it. Strengthen as we continue in this journey, in this life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. For your copy of this episode of Roadblock, visit our Sunrise with Jesus app, or you can download on iTunes. And don't forget to give to our ministry. Your donation will help us to expand and bless more homes just as you have been blessed. God loves a cheerful giver. So go ahead. Giving is only a click away. Visit our app and click on Give. Until next time, rejoice, feel the breeze, smell the roses, smile with your neighbor, and walk on, warrior.